0: Good afternoon to my fellow Yankee fans and welcome to episode 37 of the Yapping Yankees podcast, where we yap about the Yanks and nothing but the Yanks. As always, I am your host, Mike Scudero, here on this Sunday, March 8th, 2020. Now let's get things started by, as always, giving our shout-out to the Team Left Jab United Radio Network, as well as a new supportive team featuring yapping Yankees on their website. I'll be shouting them out alongside Team Left Jab as well from now on, but first, Team Left Jab. They feature Team Left Jab Boxing Radio. Team Left Jab Uncensored, and of course, the Team Left Jab United Radio Network. Be sure to go follow Team Left Jab on all social media platforms and check out their sports content across anywhere that you find podcasts. Apple, Spotify, iHeart, you name it. Be sure to check out Team Left Jab, guys. We also have another team linking up with Yapping Yankees, and they're being kind enough to help continue to grow this podcast and expand their own options for sports content on their platform as well. So be sure to check out Grunt Talks MLB. Be sure to visit their website, grunttalksmlb.com, G-R-U-N-T, talksmlb.com, to see all their sports content, including Yapping Yankees. Be sure to also follow those behind the website, my friend Darren on Twitter, at YankeesReport28, as well as the baseball chick, Samantha, at Ziggy89X on Twitter, X-I-G-G-Y-89-X. And they also have a Q&A with former MLB player Homer Bush, coming up soon as well so be sure to check that out but a special thanks again to darren and grunt talks mlb for joining in on the growth of yapping yankees well with that being said we lost an hour of sleep last night But it's okay, because the sun is out even later starting today, which is always fantastic. Not to mention, we're only 18 days away from opening day. When games start to count, just get here already. I cannot take it anymore. (laughs) Here in New York today, it's also in the upper 50s and sunny. And tomorrow, it's supposed to be in the 60s and sunny. I love every second of it. It feels like spring already, which is also only a couple of weeks away in itself. I usually just love this time of year, especially when it's as nice out as it is now. But in any event, let's keep things moving right along here on episode 37. Episode 37 already. Sheesh. (laughs) Let's get things going with this week's poll. Now, obviously, with injury news being as relentless as it has been, this week's question is about the subject of injuries and how you're feeling about them going into this season compared to last year's injury travesty which I think is a fair word to describe that. So this week's question is as follows. We'll start on Twitter first, as always. And the question is, do you think we're going to see the near full-on next man up guys again for most of or all of 2020 like we saw in 2019? And of course, reply below with your thoughts for a shout out on the podcast. Basically, again, what I'm asking is, do you think we'll see anything close to or around the same thing for the next man up, guys, as we did in 2019? So basically, do you see the injuries being near or as bad as last year? And the three choices were yes, we will, no, 2020 will be better, or I'm not sure yet. And we actually had a tie this week. The choices of yes, we will and no, 2020 will be better finished in a dead tie at 40% apiece. Which is pretty wild. And then 21% of people voted for I'm not sure. Which is kind of weird considering that adds up to 101%. But Twitter has its weird thing. So we'll go with these results. 40% of people said that yes, we will see the near or full on next man up squad like we saw in 2019 for this year. And then another 40% said no, 2020 is going to be better. So I love the gridlock and results right there. So that means a lot of people, it's really split. Which at this point, as the injury news just continues on, I assume more people are gonna start leaning towards that choice of yes, because people are getting more and more discouraged. Some are not worried, like myself. As I preached so much last week, and I still preach the same thing this week, I'm not worried about the whole injury dilemma. I think it will be better than last year. I not only think it will be better than last year, but because of last year in itself, and just looking at how these guys continue to perform this year in spring training, I just believe so much in the Yankees' depth and talent. I truly do. I'm not worried about them. So, with that being said, now that we have the results, let's get right on to those replies here on Twitter. We'll start things off with, at Idolo Tranquilo says, I don't think it will be like last year. I have hope. I hope it's not like last year either. <laughs> at Laker 477 says no, this season has to be better. It has to be. I refuse to believe otherwise. I will not panic. <laughs> well, at least you're remaining with the positivity there. I like that. At Peace Now for Life says I vote that 2020 will be better. I'm staying optimistic. The few injuries now are lingering from last season. Yes, they are. We'll get to that later. I think the new training staff slash med staff will manage all of this better. Guys will come back better than ever. I hope they do. At Black Rebirth 52 says, feels like it, Mike. With all the injuries we have, luckily we have depth, so I think we can survive it until our big guns come back. Just hold down the fort. That's what they have to do, and that's what they did for the most of last year, and look what they did. They won 103 games, so I'm sure they're prepared to do it again if need be. At Mountain Gal 456 says, I voted I'm not sure, as I don't want to put a jinx on the 2020 season. I definitely respect that. At Tegan Graham 23 says, I feel like it will be next man up, but we already know how great our depth is with guys like the Sockman and Mike Ford. For those of you who don't know who the Sockman is, he's talking about Mike Talkman. We can instantly have these guys come off the bench and play above average baseball for us. That's true. The guys just have such an ability to go in there for the big guys while they're injured and just get it done. They really are incredible. It happened all throughout last year, and it left a lot of people, including myself, much of the time, speechless. Up next, we had at Todd underscore Kelleher says, seems to be starting out that way, but I bet it will calm down. It would have to be pretty bad to be worse than last year, so I'm going with the odds being better for less injuries. All right, Todd, fair enough. At Laura underscore Iceman says, to be honest, I'm not sure. Yes, five players are injured, but we have the depth to cover those few injuries for now. Once the regular season starts is when the answers will be clearer. And that's true. We should wait for the regular season to start, especially because a lot of the timetables throughout spring training for those who are injured already, like Judge and Stanton, a lot of the timetables seem to be really in the air right now for when they'll return. So maybe as they start to make more progress, when the regular season starts, you get a better picture for it all. So I definitely understand that. Then we had my girlfriend at Vic Salimo says, I'm not sure, to be honest. I think it all depends on how healthy the remaining big dogs stay throughout the season, which I hope they do. We will just have to see how things go once the season kicks off. And yeah, another person saying, yeah, we'll just see how it goes when the season starts. And I agree with that. My good friend at B underscore 04 says, no, the chances of having the number of injuries we had in 2019 is as unlikely as the Orioles winning the World Series in 2020. Well, yeah, as we know, those chances are pretty damn low. <laughs> at Deb Seymour, 51, says Lightning doesn't usually strike twice in the same place. I think we have some concerning early injuries, but the rate at which Yankees fell last year would be hard to match. Here's to hoping, anyway. Yeah, here's to hoping. <laughs> At Bobby BobbyTat631 says, It's hard to say, to be honest. Even with the injuries already sustained, we haven't reached the regular season to know if this is going to be a reoccurring issue or will correct itself. Either way, it's good to know we have competent guys to step in. And yeah, that's the thing. You have the next man up crew that can just step in and do a great job as well and still get plenty of wins. So I 100% agree, Bobby. And that's why, again, I'm not worried about them. At James Yankee says, The start has not been too great. Hope not, but it feels like Groundhog Day. Understood there. At Joe G N J one in my opinion, it'll be better overall, but it may take a while before the new training staff's protocols take effect. And yeah, that's definitely true because again, and we'll get to it later with the latest news with Judge, seems like another injury that goes back to last year, which may have been another incompetence of the old staff, which is not a good look. As if they already didn't have a bad enough look on their hands. <laughs> At Official520112 says, I'm not sure right now. All right, fair enough, and I do know a lot of the other people in the replies do say, let's just wait until the season starts before we say anything, and that's fair enough. At Allen underscore 317 says, guys get healthy over the winter. Carrying these injuries into the off season is on the last training staff. I don't expect to see a difference until next season, honestly, at which point the new staff will own it. All right, and again, we do see plenty of these injuries that are happening right now, which is a good time for them to happen rather than any other point throughout the regular season. But at the same time, these are many injuries that you're seeing dating back to the end of last season. So you're right there. At Kenya underscore Simone 17 says, I honestly hope not. I hope that this training staff shows us something different and we don't see repeat injuries or anything like that. These injuries are happening early on and these guys can still get back in it. So I hope this doesn't continue or get complicated. I hope not also. I hope it's as easy going as possible. At Joe Campbell 8096 says, Most of baseball does not have our organization. Our full AAA squad could be on others' major league teams. That's true. At Makeup underscore Mofo says, I think this season will not be as bad, but I do think we're in for a ride, and we just have to put our big boy slash girl pants on and hang in there. <laughs> That'd probably be the best advice. At Java 31 says, this Yankees 40-man roster is stacked, one of the best in baseball, and their minor league is loaded. It is. At Yanks GTE says, didn't he run on the anti-gravity all of 2019? Now, I didn't really know what he meant by this comment. (laughs) I even replied, who are you talking about? But I assume with the recent news of Giancarlo Stanton running on the anti-gravity treadmill lately, I guess he's talking about Stanton? which this poll didn't have anything to do specifically with Stanton, so it kind of confused me a little bit, but regardless, thank you for the reply. (laughs) At E. Singer 1999 says, I'm hoping that this year will be better because we have a lot of talent on the team. That they do. And then lastly, we have at Bobberino 69420 says, I think we'll end up regressing towards the mean, unfortunately, but we'll still win 98 games and the division. Well, imagine if progressing towards the mean does in fact mean 98 wins with still a division victory. Imagine how many other organizations in baseball would do anything to experience that with how bad some of them are year in and year out. So I'd still be totally fine with 98 wins and a division victory. That's what counts at the end of the day. And then once October comes around, of course, you do what you got to do, fight your way to the World Series and win. That's the goal ultimately, is it not? Well, with that being said, that is all for the Twitter replies. As always, as I do every week, I want to thank each and every one of you who replied, voted, and interacted on Twitter. Let's head on over to Instagram, and then we'll move on to some spring training discussion as well as recapping yesterday and talking a little bit about what's going on in today's games. And the Yankees do have a split squad going on today. They're facing the Orioles in one game at the Orioles Spring Training Park. They're tied at five right now after the ninth inning. We'll see if they go into extra innings. Otherwise, it'll probably end in a tie. And they also face the Braves at George M. Steinbrenner Field. And that game is already wrapped up. The Yankees won 1-0. So let's go on to Instagram before we wrap up this poll segment. So over on Instagram, of course, the same question applies. Do you think we're going to see the near full-on next man up guys again for most of or all of 2020 like we saw in 2019? And even though the choices of yes and no on Twitter were evenly split at 40%, there is more of a definitive winner. But again, not by much here on Instagram. The choice of no... 2020 will be better, was victorious 56% against the 44% who said, yes, we're going to see more of the same thing in 2020 as we did last year. And we'll get to the couple of replies that we got for the poll on Instagram. First off is my mother, Julia Gina Scudero says, although the fact that we already have injuries isn't promising, I somehow feel more optimistic. I'm hoping the guys don't overtrain themselves in the gym and keep in mind that they're not bodybuilders, they're baseball players. That's certainly true, Mom, and I know a lot of people agree with that, definitely. I say they got to stop training like they're these big, big bodybuilders, and a lot of people agree with that opinion. And I certainly agree with their need to be careful when they do that stuff. Just be as preventative towards injuries as possible. That should probably be the number one priority. And then lastly, we had Matt Schwartz.14 says, At this pace, we will, unfortunately. Hopefully, everyone stays healthy. I will say, last year, those Next Man Up guys stepped in and clutched spots and kept the team a competitive team. But we hope everyone stays healthy. And, of course, that's what we all hope for. We want to see all the big dogs out there. But if they're not out there, unfortunately, as you say, Matt, and as many others have said, we obviously have the Next Man Up studs that can come in and take their place for as long as they need. So, as I do on Twitter, I thank all of you on Instagram as well for applying and voting every single week. Your support means the world to me. It really does. But let's start off the spring training quote-unquote weekly recap segment by just talking about yesterday. Of course, I do not bother going through the intricate details of every single game throughout spring training because the games don't count and nobody's going to sit here listening to a podcast, listening to the in-depth details about what happened in games that don't count. (laughs) Nobody cares about that. I realize that. So, we just really talk about the game that happened the day prior. In this case, of course, yesterday, Saturday. And then we'll talk a little bit about today's games. I say games because, again, there was a split squad. And any important points that I feel are worth mentioning throughout that happen in any of the games, I will talk about a bit before we move on to the Yankees news segment and then wrap up for today. So let's start things off talking about what happened in yesterday's game. The Yankees yesterday took on the Pittsburgh Pirates on the road. The game was televised, so I watched a good amount of it. And the Yankees did win 7-4. In the starting lineup, we'll start off with Talkman and talk about what he did. He went 0-4, so a little bit of a rough day for Mike. And he left three runners on base, too. Gio Rochello was batting second at third base. He went one for four. And Duhar was batting third in left field. He went 0 for three with a walk. In the cleanup spot and at first base was Mike Ford. He went two for three with a walk as well. Chris Iannetta was batting 5th at catcher. He went 0 for 1 with 2 walks. He's been having himself a very nice spring, Chris Iannetta. Then Chris Giddens went 0 for 3 with 3 strikeouts and a walk. Left 5 on base. Bit of a rough day for Chris Giddens. Zach Granite batted 7th. He had a run scored, but he went 0 for 1 with 2 walks. Thyro Estrada went 0 for 3, and he struck out twice, so a bit of a rough day for him. And Kyle Holder, who's been having himself a pretty good spring as well, went 3 for 4. And as far as pitching is concerned, you had Jonathan Luizica start the game. He went two innings. Then you had Nick Nelson. After him, he went two innings, allowing no runs. Luizica did allow two runs, by the way, on a two-run shot to former Yankee John Ryan Murphy. Nick Trappiano pitched after that. Two innings, one run allowed, and it was earned. He struck out two. Then after him was Jonathan Holder. He went a scoreless inning. Tyler Lyons went a scoreless inning after that and allowed a hit. And then Dan Otero went after him to finish the game. He went an inning, allowed three hits, and an earned run in the victory. So again, the Yankees won 7-4 to in that game yesterday against the Pittsburgh Pirates. And before we move on to today's games with the split squad. There were two really quick points I wanted to discuss before moving on to today's split squad games, having to do with yesterday's game against the Pirates. The first thing I want to reiterate again, that Miguel Andujar looks very comfortable in left field, which is very encouraging, because while the Yankees have Gio Urshela at third base, and you really don't want to lose Urshela's glove there at third, or take his bat out of the lineup, especially if he's as good this year as he was last year offensively, you're looking for a place for Andujar to play, and he did look rough at times in the few moments that we We saw him at first base and we've seen nothing but good really out of him in left field. He even looks very, very relaxed out there. So perhaps he found a potential home out there in left field. You never know. But that was honestly just another really quick talking point I wanted to mention having to do with Andujar. As I mentioned on prior episodes recently, he does look confident out there in left field and I'm liking what I'm seeing out of him. He looks very comfortable. And the other quick talking point I wanted to mention was Jonathan Luizica. Now, this is a big talking point because I know a lot of people are very passionate around who's going to get that official opportunity at the back end of the rotation at the fifth spot because we know by now Hap is probably going to be three and Montgomery is probably going to be four with Paxton being out probably until sometime in May with his recovery from his back surgery. So with that being said, a lot of people are talking about who should get that official chance. Now, I know there are many, many people out there that believe Loazica belongs in the bullpen. He's had his chances in the past already to break through to the rotation and possibly help out there, especially when they were utilizing the opener role a lot last year whenever they needed to. But there are also a lot of people out there that are still holding out hope that he could possibly help in the rotation itself. And I am one of those people. Now, I said in the past, going back to last year, that I was one of those people that supported the claim that Loazaga belonged in the bullpen. Now, there were also times, especially throughout later in 2019, and especially throughout all of spring training this year, after what we've seen from him, he's looked very good, that I would not totally shut down the possibility of him helping out in the rotation, especially if he's ready by now. Because I see even more potential out of him. And I've said this in prior episodes about Luizica as well. I think his main problem in the past was that he needed to find control with his pitches. Because his stuff is filthy. Even when he was a little wild and he would always drive his pitch count way up. And a lot of his pitches would be wild, especially the breaking ball. That's how he was in the past a lot. And you still see a little bit of that now. But I was always saying back then even, even when I was an advocate for him staying in the bullpen... All I kept saying was that this kid just needs to control his pitches. He needs to learn control. For all my fellow Star Wars fans out there, what does Yoda say to Luke in the fifth episode in Empire Strikes Back? He says, control, control, you must learn control. That is exactly how I was feeling with Loisaka when I saw him throwing his pitches last year and even going back prior before that. I just kept saying, if this kid learns control for his pitches, he's going to be Filthy because that change up in spring training has looked disgusting disgusting meaning amazing because it's been filthy his fastball has been as electric as ever his breaking ball is devastating if he just learns control he could really really be a dark horse for the Yankees he really can he could be amazing I already think he has the stuff to do it I just think he needs to find the control and I think he can and if he can and his stuff is that under control but still as disgusting as it is, and you kind of get that perfect storm with him, I definitely think he could be the fifth starter and help you out a bit. The only thing is, if he still has the lingering problem of driving his pitch count up, which I've seen at times still, because when they tried him at the back end of the rotation when they were short on starters in years prior, he did start to fizzle out towards the fourth or fifth inning because his pitch count was through the roof and that was because of the lack of control, mainly. He would still get a good amount of strikeouts for the short amount of innings he was in the game, and he would really be fooling guys all over the place, but he would also walk a lot of people, there would be a few wild pitches, and it would hurt him because of that occasional lack of control. So if he just kept on working on his craft and he continues to show improvement as he has throughout this spring training, I might give him that shot. But also, obviously, there are the other names who many other people want to also see get chances like Michael King, Clark Schmidt, Davey Garcia. And I won't argue with those people either. You have those talented arms in the organization who have been working hard for years in the minors. Well, yeah, they definitely deserve a shot as well. But Luizica has also been scratching and clawing for a while now as well. And if his disgusting pitches have found control and they can still be disgusting but not get out of control like it has in the past, he's going to be really dangerous. And I think even more dangerous if he even does end up staying in the bullpen as a long relief guy where he can really let it loose if he just has to go a couple of innings. So either way, I think Luizic is going to be on the roster, especially as long as Paxton's out. It's just a matter of where he's going to be. But my point at the end of all of this, again, is if he has officially found control for the pitches that have tended to get out of control in the past but are still filthy, I definitely think that you should not count him out for a rotation spot, for the fifth spot potentially but with that being said and I've said that again in the past but I just wanted to reiterate that because that's how I truly feel about Luizica and again after seeing him yesterday he just made the mistake allowing the two run shot to former Yankee John Ryan Murphy but it's a mistake you know it happens in many starts and he still looked really good at times especially the changeup. it looked great yesterday it looked fantastic so I'm liking what I see out of him let's move on to today's games of course we got a split squad going on and I just saw right now that the Yankees and Orioles game just wrapped up final in 10 innings it ended in a tie after all 5-5. 5-5. Five to five. And the other game against the Braves, which happened at George M. Steinbrenner Field, neither game was on television, which is unfortunate. I would have liked to have watched at least one of them. But regardless, both games are over. We'll start with a Yankees and Braves game really quick. The Yankees won this one by a score of one to nothing, and looked like it went by in two seconds. In the Yankees lineup, Brett Gardner was there leading off and playing center. He went one for three. Then Urshela was batting second at third. He went one for two. Talkman was in left field and then switched over to center field later on. He went 0 for 3 again. He's having a bit of a rough spring. He's batting 056. Clint Frazier was batting 4th in right field. He went 2 for 3. He's batting 353. He's having himself a nice spring offensively for sure. Mike Ford went 0 for 3. He was batting 5th at first. Then batting 6th at DH was Chris Iannetta. He had another hit, 1 for 2. So he's batting 500. Batting 7th at short and then switched over to left field after was Tyler Wade. He went 0 for 3. He's batting 080 as well, having a bit of a tough spring offensively. Eric Kratz was batting 8th at catcher. He went 1 for 2. And Tyro Estrada was batting ninth at 2nd and went 0 for 1. So that's what happened in the Yankee lineup today. And pitching was Masahiro Tanaka. You're now starting to see the starters go a little bit deeper into the spring training games as time progresses. Tanaka went three and two third innings, only allowed a hit. No runs allowed and struck out four. His ERA in the spring is 208. So Tanaka's had himself a nice spring. He's looked really good. Then Brooks Krisky came in and pitched after him. He pitched a third of an inning. Ottavino pitched an inning after that. One strikeout, a scoreless inning. Zach Britton, who got the win on the day, He pitched a scoreless inning, striking out two. Tommy Canely pitched after that, pitched a scoreless inning, also striking out two. Then Chad Green came in after that, pitching one inning, only allowing a hit and striking out one. And to finish off the game was Domingo Acevedo, pitching an inning and striking out one. So as far as Tanaka's concerned with starting, I'm very glad at the good spring he's having. It's very encouraging. And being the number two guy, especially with Paxton being out and Luis Severino being out the entire year due to Tommy John surgery, as we all know, I expect even bigger things out of Tanaka this year. I think he's going to step up big time and hopefully he can remain healthy as well. He's been very durable in his time with the Yankees, despite pitching with a partial UCL tear for much of it. But he's stayed out there and he's delivered for the team. There's no doubt about that. So I'm very confident that Tanaka will come through yet again, as he has so many times in the last few years as a Yankee. And over in the game against the Orioles when they finished in a 5-5 tie, you had DJ LeMayhu leading off. He went 0 for 4. He's batting 346 in the spring. Luke Voigt was batting second. He went 1 for 4. Gleyber Torres batted 30, He went 0 for 3. Kyle Higashioka batted cleanup at catcher, and he went 1 for 3. Chris Giddens at DH went 0 for 3. Batting sixth was Rossell Herrera at third base. He went 1 for 3 continuing to have himself a pretty nice spring. Estevan Florial. he went one for three. He had an RBI double, I believe, early in the game to get the Yankees on the board. And then batting eighth was Trey Ambergie. He went one for three, batting 313 in the spring. So Trey's having himself a nice spring. And batting ninth, rounding out the lineup was Thomas Malone. He went three for three drove in three runs on the day. So he was a big part of the offense, big part of driving in three of those five runs on the afternoon. They finished in a tie. Clark Schmidt started the game. He went two innings, allowed four hits, three runs, but only one of the runs was earned. He allowed a walk and two strikeouts. So he did pretty good. Much of the first inning when he allowed all those runs fell apart because of what happened right at the start for Clark Schmidt. Austin Hayes struck out swinging, but there was a pass ball by Kyle Higashioka, which got him on base. And then three runs would score after that, only one being earned. But Clark Schmidt's did pretty good. And honestly, Clark Schmidt's stuff is really, really intriguing to me. I think his breaking ball is fantastic. I think his delivery is very interesting. It could be deceiving for the hitter. And I like his stuff. I like what he, King, David Garcia, and Loisaka have to offer. That's what makes the decision tougher, but it also makes the decision more fun. It's a good problem to have. Then after him, Albert Abreu pitched. He went two innings, scoreless, and struck out two, so he looked good. Then you had Luis Medina. He went one inning and allowed one run. It was earned, walked two, and had a strikeout, so he had a little bit of a rough inning. Then Trevor Lane went a scoreless inning after that, only allowing a hit. Luis Gill went a scoreless inning with one strikeout and a walk after that. Alexander Viscaino. He went an inning allowing a run, a walk, and a strikeout, two hits. And then to round it off to finish the game, Adonis Rosa went a scoreless inning, striking out one and walking one. So again, that game finished in a tie. And the game against the Braves at George M. Steinbrenner Field, the Yankees won that one by a score of one to nothing. So that's your brief spring training recap and a little bit of discussion having to do with my liking and Duhar in left field, as well as my opinions on Jonathan Lewizica and the spring that he has had, possibly leading to a change in role when it comes to the regular season coming around. And again, I can't wait to actually do weekly recap on all the games again once they start to count, starting in less than three weeks again, 18 days when opening day arrives. But for now, let's move on to the final segment of the show, some Yankees news from this week. And as you probably already know... As I said earlier in the show as well, the injury news has just swept over Yankee land in the last couple of weeks, unfortunately. So much of this segment is obviously going to contain injury news again. And the first thing we'll delve into sort of has to do with it, since injuries are why this is even a discussion, really. But Andy Martino earlier in the week tweeted that the Yankees were interested in talking to the Mets about Steven Matz as of Monday. So a potential trade, perhaps. But then Brian Hoke tweeted Tuesday, and the Yankees themselves said that those rumors were false. So. That's that. Not really a great look for Andy Martino, I guess. But there were other reports that the Yankees have been wanting to add a starter, but many have said they haven't actually contacted anybody. But me personally, regardless of what's true or not true in this whole saga, I don't think they need to look elsewhere. As I've said, they have plenty within who, as I've said so frequently the last few weeks, as you well know, could definitely step up. And not just step up, but even possibly have big career years for themselves. Luizica, as I said earlier... Although I know many want him in the pen again, but we'll see. Michael King, Clark Schmidt, Davey Garcia, these are names that are being mentioned ad nauseum, And these are talented guys, so I'd see what I have in them, but that's me. You have the talent, you see the potential, they've been there for a while, they deserve chances, especially if only early on in the year, see what they got. I know a lot of people just fantasize about these big trades going down, about these big names coming to the Yankees, but that's not always what happens. And if you have the talent inside, look within and see what happens. But onto some other news other than those reports, this Judge injury, we got to run through this because this has just been a crazy saga. So hear me out. Let's jump back in time to when all of this started with Judge. This started off as shoulder soreness, right? It required a couple of days rest. And when he started throwing again, he said he was game ready. Everyone seemed optimistic, Boone and everybody else in the organization. They were like, yeah, he's going to get out there maybe in a few days and play his first game. Then, after experiencing pain reportedly in his pectoral muscle while hitting, he rested again. Lots of tests were done, many of which seemed to have come back clean, dye tests and all of that. And despite this, there were reports that he likely wouldn't be ready for opening day alongside Stanton because of the pectoral discomfort. Then about a day or two after this, Judge addressed the media and said he may actually be able to return for opening day. That they're just trying to figure this whole thing out. And then, Friday afternoon, it was revealed that he has a stress fracture in his rib, one of the highest ones around the shoulder. And that he's going to rest for two weeks and be reevaluated, with surgery not being off the table, meaning that it's possible. Then after all this surfaced, they then said that this happened on the play in September where he dove for a ball running in in right field. And he seemed to have had a tough time getting up and definitely seemed at least a little shaken. So if this is true, I suppose it's another incompetency of the old training staff. I mean, this this whole thing has been crazy and confusing as it is. But it makes it even more infuriating when you hear that this could possibly be yet another injury... That had been lingering from last year that the old training staff was possibly too incompetent to properly diagnose and treat at the time. Which again is yet another thing to add on the list of things that make them look terrible as if they need any more because they are already terrible as it is. And this is just another injury on that long list that makes them look just awful. So this whole Aaron Judge thing, it was one of the most confusing times for injury news that I had seen for any one player. (laughs) All I know, and I know a lot of people felt this way as well because I'm on Twitter often and I see people's thoughts being thrown on the timeline all the time, but I was not the only one that was beyond confused about all of this. (laughs) This Judge injury saga was very, very confusing. And I really do hope, and it's obviously he's not going to be ready for opening day now. Despite him saying just a few days ago that he could be opening day ready, he's clearly not going to be. But you only hope that this two weeks of rest is all he needs, that a lot of the rest from this stress fracture in the rib had already been done during the off season, and hopefully he's maybe in the middle or towards the end of the process of the resting time, which I'm pretty sure all you could really do with this is rest for the most part, unless you get surgery. But if they're not going to opt for the surgery, he just needs to rest, and hopefully once he's evaluated after two weeks, he could ramp up some activity again, and we could see him on the field as soon as possible. Because again, if there is a time you want all this nonsense to be ironed out and taken care of, it's now. Before the regular season even starts, maybe miss a few weeks in the regular season, the beginning. If you're going to miss any time, you want it to be the beginning. But the only thing I'm still not 100% clear on is just how much two weeks of rest is going to do for him If this is something that's going back months and he still had this sort of a problem going on, if that diving play was the thing that in fact caused this injury, is two weeks of rest going to do it? I don't really know about that. So I just really hope this is ironed out as soon as possible. Just for their sake, they really need to. And when I say they, I mean the likes of Gary Sanchez, who we're going to get to next, Giancarlo Stanton, Aaron Judge, just for their sake and for their futures as well. They really got to get out there on the field. I know they can't control their injuries and everything, but they could do some precautionary things. They could go to measures to try to prevent said injuries, but of course, no human being could have full control over their body and say, hey, never get hurt, and they're just healthy for the rest of their lives. We don't have that power, obviously. But for their sakes, I just hope they get out there on the field, play a good chunk of the season, if not nearly all of it, and just shut everybody up. It's the only way you're going to do it. You got to be out there to play and you got to be healthy. So I hope this passes for Aaron Judge as soon as possible. Now that we were finally able to nail down the issue after weeks of confusion, (laughs) but I'm just glad that's all done with because I don't think I've ever been a part of an injury saga that has been more confusing than Aaron Judge's the last couple of weeks. Really, really mind-boggling. I just hope that they work with the new training staff as much as possible on injury prevention going forward. That's all I can ask for. But let's keep on moving along with the injury news. Up next, as I said, is Gary Sanchez. He did not take batting practice in Tampa yesterday because of a sore back. And Boone thinks it's no big deal at all. But then again, the same thing was said about Judge before it was revealed he had a stress fracture in his rib. But you say to yourself, hopefully this ends up being different. He's going to get a little rest and see where he goes from there. And Boone also said it may have been from playing back-to-back games. He was expected to play tomorrow, Monday, against the Phillies in Clearwater. But apparently he didn't even take BP again today and is not on the list for tomorrow's game in Clearwater against the Phillies. So again, Aaron Boone's word, although yes, I'm aware no one is always right, especially in this injuries department, but again, his word, a bit off base. But everyone involved still seems to think this is going to be a quick thing, so let's hope it remains that way. One thing is for sure, as Gary also said to the media, as I've also said prior in this episode and in previous episodes as well, if there's a time for all of this to happen, it's now, and you don't want to rush it. And yes, he's right. And I said the same thing for Paxson as well. Don't rush him back either. But can we please just figure this all out? <laughs> please. <laughs> it's just driving. It's enough to drive anybody nuts after what happened last year. And with everything that's going on so early on again, it's enough to drive anybody crazy. I'm sure it's driving nobody else crazier than it's driving the players. And I feel for them. But still, come on. You have to imagine this has to stop eventually, right? 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 <laughs> I don't know. I just don't know. But let's end on a pretty good note. I actually saved this for last so we can have a positive to finish off with. But John Carlos Stanton, who as we know is a right calf strain right now, grade one, started throwing and hitting T and toss yesterday. And he's also continuing to run on an anti-gravity treadmill, which again, I assume that's what the guy in the Twitter replies earlier was talking about. So he's obviously ramping up activity again, which is a good thing. We just need to hope he doesn't get hurt again right after this is hopefully done with. We know he's not going to be in the lineup come opening day, but honestly for me, if you miss a chunk of or all of the first month of the season, as I said, it's not the end of the world, especially if it means getting rid of the problems now and being all set going forward. I've said this ad nauseum, but a lot of people need to hear it, particularly when it counts towards the end of the season and into the postseason. That's when you want them around the most, obviously. Iron it all out now and be set for most of the season or all of it, and especially later down the road. For me, personally, as I've said, That's what matters most. Just be ready for the middle, especially the end of the year. The later part is what's most important when you're pushing to win the division if you don't already have it locked up. And then, of course, in the playoff push to the World Series push and, of course, finishing at the top being the world champions and hopefully finally winning number 28 for the New York Yankees. And with that being said, I think that's a pretty healthy note to end on, isn't it? (laughs) I do. But with that being said, thank you so much for listening. One last shout out to Team Left Jab and Grunt Talks MLB. Team Left Jab features Team Left Jab Boxing Radio, Team Left Jab Uncensored, and of course, the Team Left Jab United Radio Network. Be sure to go follow Team Left Jab on all social media platforms and check out their sports content across anywhere that you find podcasts. Apple, Spotify, Blog Talk Radio, iHeart, everywhere. Be sure to check out Team Left Jab, guys. And as I said earlier, we're shouting them out again for the second time, and this will be a consistent thing on each episode going forward as long as they are featuring Yapping Yankees on their website. We also have another team linking up with the Yapping Yankees, and again, they're being kind enough to help continue grow this podcast and expand their own options for sports content on their platform. Be sure to check out Grunt Talks MLB. Again, Grunt Talks MLB. Be sure to visit their website, GruntTalksMLB.com, to see all their sports content, including Yapping Yankees. Be sure to also find the masterminds behind the website, my friend Darren on Twitter, at YankeesReport28, as well as the baseball chick, Samantha, at Ziggy89X. And they also have a Q&A with former MLB player Homer Bush coming soon, so be sure to check that out as well. Special thanks again to Darren and Grunt Talks MLB for joining in on the growth of Yapping Yankees. And also when it comes to social media, why don't you go follow me? You're listening to this podcast and you don't follow me on social media. What is the matter with you? Be sure to go follow my fan page on Facebook at Mike Scudero and Be sure to follow me on Twitter as well, which of course is the social media app that I am most disgustingly active on at Mike Scudero and be sure to also follow me on Instagram at MikeScuds97. And I also don't want to forget to tip my cap as I do each week to you, the listener. Whether you just listen or give feedback on the show, vote or reply on the poll, message me to talk about the Yankees, support me and show love on social media, whatever it is you do to show your love and support to me, I tip my cap to you and remind you just how much I appreciate your love and support every Sunday. single day, guys. Thank you. SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify listeners, I hope you enjoyed the show as well as my fellow YouTubers. Please do not forget to hit that subscribe button and listen to all the other past episodes of Yapping Yankees. Once again, thank you 3,000 for listening. I'm Mike Scudero, and I'll talk to you next Sunday, March 15th when I come at you with episode 38 of Yapping Yankees. Until then, continue to enjoy spring training. Be excited as opening day grows closer and closer and have yourselves a great week. Take care.